I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us. Glad you found us on iTunes or the TSN page or my Facebook page or Twitter. Happy that you clicked and downloaded. We're recording this in Toronto at the leader of the headquarters at TSN. And uh, joining us for a candid conversation, this person is from Toronto. Uh, I think he spent some time in Scarborough, and he lives in Markham, which is just outside of the greater Toronto, just in the greater Toronto area. But he wears the sweater of the Montreal Canadiens. P.K. Subban will be on the podcast. And in my weekly conversations, a a variety of guests will occupy the co-pilot's chair. And this week is a good friend of mine, Justin Mulligan, a.k.a. the Ninth Wonder is in the chair next to me. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, especially after an intro like that. Well, you are the ninth wonder for a reason. This dude, this gentleman has uh, <laughs> a considerable amount of uh, uh, confidence in his awesomeness. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like that. I okay, but that, that doesn't. That's, okay, maybe it's okay. But you are um, um, you're your own party. And that's that's awesome. And and the way that you can start your own party, it makes you like the ninth wonder of the world. Fair enough. Okay. Tell some tell the people about yourself, Justin. Uh, you know, born, raised in London, Ontario, living in Toronto, uh, professional fun haver, master of good times. Okay. Well, see, there you go. There you that's, go. Right? Yeah. You know, I back so, it up. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's some ninth wonder ish right there. So um, I just got back from Las Vegas, and uh, I was covering Michael Jordan's celebrity golf tournament. Um, which was really cool. Had some really big names there. MJ obviously is the biggest. Wayne Gretzky was there. Aaron Rodgers was there. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. Um, they had some. They had some big dogs in there. Uh, Roger Clemens was there. And uh, but I'm not really that much of a Vegas guy. Like I've been there twice in the past three months. I got a chance to go to Mike Tyson's house, which was like really surreal. And and one day I'll tell that story on the podcast. But I know that we have a lengthy conversation and awesome conversation with PK coming up. So I don't want to bore you with my my Mike Tyson story on this podcast. I'll tell it another time. But as I'm not that much of a Vegas guy, Justin, you are the opposite. I love Vegas. But like, why, though? It's just an adult playground. I mean, you can drink everywhere. You really can just do whatever you want as a grown-up. Yeah, but for a hefty price. Yes, it does come with a price tag. But, I mean, so does, so does a lot of things in life. I, no, but no. but Fun so, isn't cheap. I, well, sometimes fun is cheap. Like, if you're, if you're having fun. But this is adult fun. Okay, but you can have adult fun in London, Ontario. Yeah, but it's still going to cost you some money. But it's not Vegas money. No. You, you got a point. I just happen to like it. I don't mind spending the money to have fun in Vegas. Here's, this is the thing. This is, this is my main beef with Las Vegas. As Justin alluded to, it's a playground. But, like, your playmates, like, the, the, you, know, the, you know, you meet you know, girls and stuff like that. You don't know if the girls are genuine. And by that, I mean, like, you don't know if the girls are, are like, actual just regular women or from working or working and that's the thing like <laughs> and, and like Vegas is set up for women so if you go if women are listening to this podcast never go with your husband no. or your boyfriend just go with a group of girls and you'll have a blast yeah they get taken care of so well down there beautiful you just, women in the daytime you go to the pools you meet you know a group of random dudes from Arizona or you meet some Canadians from Vancouver or or Montreal or whatever, have fun. You meet some people, then you hey, we're gonna go here later, and then boom. And guys, we're so guys generally are so hungry to hang out with women that they'll just pay for everything. Yeah, it's yeah, we're such simple, stupid creatures. Yeah, when you think about it. Friggin' cavemen <laughs> dragging our knuckles on the girl, uh, and we're grunting, and then and, you know, and then trucking down tequila shots. But like, the, my main thing is like, it's so expensive, and like, you don't know if people are actual, like, genuine, regular people. That's that's my beef with Vegas. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't share your beef. But enough about that. Um, 
I do have a quick uh, Ken Griffey Jr. story from MJ's tournament. So I go up to Ken Griffey Jr. and I'm like, hey, uh, my name's Cabby. I'm from uh, TSM, which is the ESPN in Canada. He's like, nope. And I start laughing. Just flat out no. Yeah, nope. And I start laughing. I'm like, what? He goes, nope. I'm like, well, you, have, you don't even like, know what I'm asking you. He's like ESPN. Nope. I'm like, well, we're the like we're the Canadian version. Like it's different. He goes, ah, I don't like ESPN. I guess they they done them wrong in the past. So I was like, uh, okay, but are you, like, are you sure? Like it is, you know, it's a different entity. He's like, yeah. I'm like, so what? I have to like change networks and then interview you. Then he goes, oh, then you have a chance. I'm like, okay. So Marcus Allen is part of his foursome, and I'm doing a bit on athletes playing golf, and I've. I've interviewed Marcus Allen a few times, and I, I start getting, I start making him laugh from my countdown. I'm like three, two, yeah. one, and he starts laughing. I'm like, is that funny? He goes, I just think you're funny. I'm like, oh, thank you, whatever. He says some nice complimentary things. Finish with the interview, then I'm talking to my man D, my producer Dave Cricks, and I'm telling him my story about Ken Griffey Jr., who has been known to be kind of prickly and not always like the most accommodating to the media. So I'm telling this, and I have my back to Ken Griffey Jr., who is walking towards me. Now, Dave sees him over my shoulder, and he wants to, like, alert me that Ken Griffey Jr. is coming while I'm, like, ripping this dude. We're not ripping him, but I'm like, oh, man, he was like, he was just like, he just shot me down, like, right away. And, and then I say, man, I guess he is a jerk. Boom. Then I get a tap on my shoulder. You got one shot. And it's Ken Griffey Jr. I'm like. Uh, okay. So as I'm just finished ripping this dude, he shows up and then boom, does an interview and it was awesome. It was awesome. Never judge a book by its cover. You're right. You're right. Especially you, Cabral. I do have some learning to do. So the way this podcast, and maybe we'll learn some uh, stuff today. (laughs) I I believe that we will. The way the Academy Presents podcast works is uh, we'll discuss some sports, some pop culture, and there will be a lot of storytelling. And our first guest is on the phone. If it's going to be an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. The most controversial man in the NHL joins us now. Every time he goes to Wood 35 or Santos in Montreal, it makes local news. Every time he looks at an opponent, at an opponent, it's being analyzed. Every time he does anything, he gets scrutinized. Welcome Parnell Carl Subban, a.k.a. P.K. Subban, of the Montreal Canadiens. What's up, dude? Cabral Richards, how are you, man? <laughs> I'm wonderful. I like how we just start with the government names. It's like first That's name it. Tuesdays. Yeah. That's it, man. That's it. That's it. What's up? Uh, we're good, man. We're good. Thank you uh, for joining us. So, so Justin, my co-host, and I were just talking a little bit about Vegas, and I want you to just, I want you to just save a Vegas story for us till, till later in the conversation, because <laughs> I'm sure you have a great one. But I'm gonna... I've actually I've actually never been to Vegas, so I'm I'm actually uh, for the first time I'm I'm going uh, um, late April um, for Hyundai. I, I just signed a deal with Hyundai, so I'm going for an appearance. It'll be my first time in Vegas. I'm going with my my parents. Maybe not the ideal people to go with your first time in Vegas. No, but... man, that's the yeah. oh, that's like that's <laughs> that's worse than going with your girlfriend. Well, like... they have to go right because of the appearance. They have to be there. So. Uh, but I'm sure uh, I got a buddy coming down with me, so I'm sure we'll have uh, some time to ourselves. But it's kind, of, it's kind of like taking your parents to prom, really. Yeah, like, yeah it's I just know. Not, it's not right. That's that's. Not... I know, but if your if your dad's the principal, I mean, you can't do anything about it, right? <laughs> He's going to be there. So <laughs> that's a great point. That's yeah. a great point. So okay, so like playing in Montreal, like the, the the way the fans revere the Canadians, it's it's like a religion. And and Aristophanes, who's a Greek playwright was credited with the birth of comedy, also credited with the magnifying glass, and this dates back to 424 B.C. Magnifying glasses come in various sizes. You know, some are the size of an orange, some are the the size of a Frisbee, like when you go to the dentist. How big is the magnifying glass on you, PK? Is it the size of, like, a volleyball? Are we talking, like, a satellite dish? Are we talking, like, the, 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 the observation deck of the CN Tower? Well, I, I, I'd hate to kind of single myself out and to think that I'm any different than the other 22 guys that are playing in Montreal. But, uh, you know, maybe I'm, I'm definitely one of the players that uh, definitely has a, a magnifying glass on myself. And I How understand big is it, though, PK? How big? It, <laughs> it's pretty big. <laughs> I'm not too sure the size of it, but it's, 
it's up there, I'm sure. I mean, uh, for the first part of the year, it seemed like everything uh, that happened around me uh, was in the media. And uh, I guess that's probably, uh, you know, that's what happens also when your team's not playing the way it is. You know, they're going to find even more to say. So, uh, but I, I, it's pretty big, man. It's up there. Maybe like, a little we, bit bigger than a Frisbee. No, dude, it's it's like we're talking, it's, it's somewhere in between, it's somewhere in between, like, uh, the the you know the 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 roof of the sky dome and uh, and like uh, what's what can I, what's in what's in Montreal is there like outdoor skating rink in Montreal? Well, we got the Olympic Stadium. So. Oh, dude, right? Okay, wait. Forget the sky dome. That's too Toronto centric. The, the roof of the Olympic Stadium. That's how friggin' big the magnifying glass is for you. And and I do not envy you at all for that. It's got to be so hard. Just li- you just want to live your life. You know what, though, Cabby? Like, I, I, to be honest with you, you got to embrace it, right? Like, uh, if you want to play in this city for a long time, you want to be a part of the city. I mean, you speak to a lot of people, a lot of players in the league, they say that this is the best city to win in. There's no other city better to win a, a championship in than Montreal. So, um, you know, I've learned to, uh, to embrace it. I think that I'm, I, I'm able to live my life every day and have fun and go to the rink with a smile on my fi- face and enjoy what I do because I embrace everything that comes with playing here. And to be honest with you, it's, it's not that bad, man. I enjoy it. I love it. So so going along with living your life under a magnifying glass, I mean, being as though we live in the camera phone and Twitter generation, does that yeah. come into play when you're thinking about going out and stepping out with the boys at night? Like where to go, you know, what you can do? For sure, man. I mean, within that, within your lifestyle, I mean, every, like, I think sometimes people forget that we are human beings, you know, as professional athletes and, uh, um, you know, definitely, but at the same token, uh, you know, I, I don't hold myself to any different than any other person that goes to work uh, from nine to five. So, I mean, uh, you know, you have to have balance in your life and you want to hang out with your friends and your teammates. And I still find time to do that, but I just think that when you're, when you're such, uh, you know, uh, you're so there's so much praise around the Montreal Canadiens and being in that situation, you have to know when to do it and when not to. And when you're young, it's tough. I mean, uh, it takes time to learn that. But uh, you know what? When you have great people around you and uh, great leadership within the organization, it helps. So, but uh, yeah, you definitely have to be careful because people here they're they're passionate about their team. They're, they are. So, like, last call, you're not ordering 20 drinks. Maybe you tone it down no. to, like, three. No, 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 no. I, 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 you got to be out of there before last call. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> a enough. good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Scott Gomez has had a challenging year, to say the least. Uh, when he scored his first goal, did the team throw an impromptu party for him? You guys take him out in the town? No, I mean, uh, Gomer, I, I, I have to give that guy credit. He's been through a lot, and... He's been a great teammate through it, and he's a great guy. I mean, he's one of the best team guys. You know, whenever we go to dinner, he's usually the guy taking the tab and covering the bill and uh, saying, no problem, guys. And he's always been that way. Uh, you know, he, he's one of those guys as a young guy, you can rely on him to give you good advice. And um, he's been a great sport through the whole thing. And uh, I, I think some of it has, has been, uh, you know, a little bit unfair. I mean, uh you know, in particularly, I didn't like it when the fans were getting on him, especially at home. I, I don't think that any player should have to go through that from his, uh, you know, from his home fans and from the people that are supposed to be supporting him. But, you know, he kept his head up and and he continued to work hard and he works hard every day he comes to the rink. So there's no impromptu booth at you know Buenanote. No, no, no. no. We, we didn't do anything like that. No, <laughs> nothing like that happened. You could have because they would have cleared out the big booth for you, or he could have went to Globe. <laughs> Or you could have went to Cavalli, and they were just like, "All right, yeah, let's let's get after it." As long as you're out by twelve forty-five. Yeah, as long as. I don't know if if I heard Cabby was gonna be there, I probably wouldn't show up. Then we probably wouldn't go there. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't go there if you were there, because I because we could get into what happened last time. Oh. <laughs> I believe I've heard you know about what? I can tell you. I can tell you this right now, Cabby. All right, if. If you're at Cavalli or any of those places, I don't want to be anywhere near you, okay? <laughs> hey, wait, you that right hey, now. I don't, hey, listen, don't make, don't make it seem like like the company that I keep isn't... He's on, just as bad in Toronto. On point. Well, I'm not, hey, I'm saying you're a good-looking guy, so I'm sure that uh, the attention and the no, company that not, you keep is great. That's Well, you, you met some of the company that I keep. Uh, oh, I, I've, I've met a few of them. Yes, I have. <laughs> uh, 
I have to say, well, you're a good-looking guy, Cavi. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's how it comes, right? I, 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 don't, I don't know if you got that. You got that nice little color to you. You got that nice little chocolate mocha thing going on. So <laughs> I'm looking out for you, man. It's looking out for you. I'm glad. Hey, it's all about it's all about the personality. I'm not you, okay? I'm not one of these freaking poster. I'm not a Nike poster boy, okay? I'm just, oh, a, I'm just a fat reporter from Toronto. <laughs> so, okay, so so getting back to, to hockey real quick. So when, 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 like, the team isn't playing as – as well as it as it could you know we hear the term bag skates like when the when the coach is just he's just pissed at you dudes how how, uh i asked um tyler sagan a couple weeks ago if he's had a bag skate and they had one version of it where it was just one-on-one drills and just battling for like an hour or hour 15 or hour 30 how many bag skates have you guys had this year you know what we we haven't had too many we've 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 had a couple at the end of practice. We'll have you know maybe five minutes of skating or whatever. Oh, but that's not that's not a bag skate though. That's is it? not a bag skate. We we haven't had very many of those. I think that we've done a lot of battle drills, and I think those are important. To me, those are tougher than the bag skates because in those practices you want to work hard, you want to compete, and not only because you know that your coach wants everybody to be playing better and you want your teammates to be playing better, but also you want to get better. And it's tough because sometimes competing against your teammates, you don't want to take it too far. You know what I mean? Especially when the team's not doing so well because there's a lot of emotion and a lot of guys maybe aren't happy with the way they're playing. And there's a lot of things going on. So, you know, the battle drills sometimes I find they can be tough. And those are the toughest practices I find. So there's no, like, I mean, back, I played a little junior in my day. There's no, like, pale in the middle of the, the center no. ice and you, you know you can't go off until someone pukes None no 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 we've never we've never done that uh, we haven't done that this year i mean uh you know we've had a couple minutes of skating uh at the end of practice but nothing like that that's crazy so i mean we all know that you play 100 percent you're all every game but i mean is it a little sexier when you play in hockey night in canada like you got a little bit more swag oh man i can i, I can tell you this right now and if, if I can be uh, pretty straight up, I love I love hockey night. And, I love Saturday night, man. I mean, there's no better there's no better place to play on a Saturday night than in Montreal against the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know what I mean? Or the Boston Bruins. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. And you look forward to coming in before the game, and you just feel the buzz. You know, there's a buzz in the rink. You know, at the pregame skate. I mean, uh, you know, you see Bob Cole walking around the dressing room. And this is a guy that. You know, you used to listen to on TV when you were six, seven years old, watching the hockey game with your dad. You know, you remember hearing his voice every Saturday night, and you know he's there watching the pregame skate and Glenn Healy, and you know they're all there. And uh, I mean, Elliot Friedman. So I mean, you get to, to bump around those guys, Kevin Weeks. I mean, when you see those guys on Saturday, it's uh, yeah, you just get amped. You know, yeah, you just get amped up. Yeah, man. It's you know that it's all my friends back home are watching the game and. Usually Saturday night before people go out for a couple pops, you know, they're at uh, at a restaurant and the games are playing. I mean, there's a lot to play for, and uh, it's exciting, man. So to tie into that, do you want to be the guy that gets that coveted first intermission interview? I mean, if you get it, it's great. I mean, like I said, uh, <laughs> it means you know, it means that you're doing I, well never... in the first period, right? Like you're the you're like the best guy on the ice in the first period. Is generally, <laughs> really great. I don't. I mean, I try. I try to have the good starts. You know, I, you know, especially as our, our, you know, when you when you get to start the game. I know that I started the majority of the games this year for our team on defense, and you know, it's important. Uh, you know, like I said, Saturday night, everybody's watching, so. You want to perform well, and if you get the interview, then that's great. <laughs> so, so speaking of your boys and your crew and your family, like who's the person that gets most of your home game tickets, especially those Saturday night ones? Oh man, I, I'd have to say a, a good friend of mine, uh, Marwan. He uh, he usually gets those tickets. I, I usually give them to him, and uh, he's been a friend of mine. He's lived in Montreal for his whole life, and he's been a friend of mine probably for the past five, six years, and. He usually gets my tickets. Uh, we usually go out for dinner after the game, and and uh, he usually gets them out of anybody else. But for the Leafs games, I don't know, man. When Leafs come into town, I get uh, people fighting and, and yeah, clawing. Yeah, did you get bribes or anything like that? Like, oh, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll watch the sure, for a month. <laughs> for sure. I, I, you know, you get. it depends on who it is. The, the, depending on who it is, that, that'll depend on what the bribe is, for sure. Any good ones you can remember recently? Lately, at maybe dinner, 
I had dinner uh, thrown at me. I had uh, tickets to the Michael Jackson uh, uh, the, the, tribute. The Cirque du Soleil one? There. That was pretty good. That was a good one, and I took I took them up on that <laughs> offer for sure. Yeah, no, that was a cool show. I, I saw that. I saw that on Hamilton. Yeah. It, was, it was really dope. Nah, that show was unreal. I, I don't want to imagine what it would have been like if Michael had still been alive and performing. Like, uh, it would have been this world. It would have been incredible. It was um, I, when I went to see it in Hamilton. You, like. I saw a, such a strange cross section of people. Like Michael touched so many different people. I oh, took I man. took a picture of this dude. We have this game we call My Guys. Whenever we see like really eccentric but authentic people, we're like that guy is so amazing that you want to claim him. So we're like that guy is a My Guy. I remember taking a picture of this dude who had like a mustache and long like grayish white hair the dude looked like he was from arkansas and i was like this guy is at a freaking michael jackson show like i know it was, man. It was unbelievable. It's, it's amazing how how many people uh michael's music touches okay let, let me switch gears real quick so monday night i don't know if you saw any of this is the national final in ncaa basketball kansas plays kentucky uh and kentucky wins i think it's eighth national championship and like the main dude the projected number one overall pick in the 2012 NBA draft, a kid named Anthony Davis, has a severe unibrow. Do you know this kid? You know what? I, I've seen him a couple times on TV, and I've heard a couple rumblings about him. To be honest with you, Chavi, I haven't had a chance to really follow the NCAA too much. I've been watching the highlights, and I'm going to tell you who I'm going to go for. I don't know if you're going to have that. No, but, the game, no but, but PK, the game's over. The, the, Kentucky won. Yeah, I know, I know, but I was gonna, I was gonna tell you that Kentucky is my squad. Like they've been my squad for the past ten years, man. Like after I switched from Georgetown, after AI left, I, I picked up Kentucky. Man. <laughs> well, then that's that's a good transition because once AI left in '96, then Kentucky won in '98 with Toronto's own Jamal McGlure. So that was a good, Whoa. that was a good transition for you. Get, kept oh. it with your home base. Yeah, I was only like five years old at that time, but I remember. <laughs> so okay, so this dude has like a serious unibrow, and I just saw, I've seen it. Yeah, I've I, seen it. I saw something on the internet the other day. It said uh, it's one of those memes, and it was like I don't. And, and the caption is, "I don't always surf the internet, but when I do, I browse." And like, <laughs> that dude, it had me dying, had me dying. And um, so okay, so so now like okay, so he, this dude is going to be projected number one overall pick. So he has to make a decision. Like, am I going to enter into the NBA with this unibrow and make Ooh. that my signature look? So, so does does he like? Does he go? To, okay, so if, so if he decides, okay, I'm going to go into the NBA. This is my look. Does he then like, you know, in his rookie season, you know, pluck it? He has some kind of charity event, and he plucks his eyebrows for some charity, or does he wait like ten years? Builds up a fan base. Maybe he has a great trajectory, like a, like a Chris Bosh or something. He becomes a pretty popular player, and then like in ten years, he he has this huge ceremony in like Willow Smith or some some like young <laughs> like ten years from now, she's like twenty two years old. So like she's like you know she's I'm probably looking legit. Too. Yeah, she probably would look legit. So like, did, what do you what do you think you should do? Like cut it as a rookie, pluck it. Or, you know, build up the marketing steam, you know, have T-shirts and signs and, like, you know, fear the brow, and 10 years later, pluck the eyebrows. Ah, uh, man. I, you see, but it all depends which route he wants to go. I mean, if you keep the brow, there could be a good buzz around it, right? Obviously, that'll create a good buzz, and, you know, they can feed off that. They can market, you know, market with that, but... I don't know if that's what you like. It's up to him. It's the type of guy he is. I mean, first of all, if you're the first overall pick and you got a unibrow, I mean, that says major things about the person. I think that that says right away that this guy all he cares about is basketball. Right. He's not caring <laughs> yeah. about you no, know really looks. what his appearance looks right. like. He's happy right. with the way he looks. Yeah, and he's just like, hey, listen, I'm good at what I do, so I'm just gonna do what I do. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know what? Hey, all the power to him if he wants to keep that brow going, keep it going, man. So I, you know, I, I imagine on the campus of Kentucky, I mean, everybody, he's like, I, he's everybody knows who he is. I mean, he's a highly yep. visible dude. So and like and being as though he's got this visibility. I don't think it hurts him in the ladies' department. I don't know what his situation is, but I'm sure his situation is awesome. Uh, you know what? I've, I can't. I, you know what? I didn't go to college in the states, cabbie, so I don't know what his situation would be like with the ladies. But I mean, 
with the unibrow, I mean, if, if, you know, I'm sure there's a couple girls in college that are into that stuff, you know what I mean? The unibrow, maybe they can brush it for them or comb it. I mean, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? So college, I mean, how many, how many people are there at, uh, University of Kentucky, man. I don't know, maybe thirty thousand, forty thousand, but the but it's known for basketball, so it's just yeah. a tough look to rock and look good in with, though. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. it's just a tough, tough look. Well, I mean, you can get to throw the fur coat on, you know what I mean? <laughs> maybe get the fur hat. There must you know be what I mean? there must be so many women like volunteering, like I will pluck that for please like begging him, please let me pluck that for you. <laughs> Like, I'm sure, man. I'm sure he, maybe he gets a little razzing from his teammates and stuff like that. But obviously, he doesn't care. He's, you know, he's obviously a great player, and that's what's gonna take him far. I'm sure. I'm surprised no one's done it while he's passed out or while he's sleeping. Oh, Just like quick, a, like, yeah. And it's nah, over. Man. That's a great, yeah. Like when, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and to get that, like that a would, jackass skit, just that, with that razor, <laughs> and it's gone. No Jesus. choice. So I don't know, man. That would be pretty gutless, man. <laughs> You know, obviously he likes. That's your he, he obviously for. likes it, right? That's why he has it. He so. does. He does. So okay, so I have a list of five dudes. You let me know who you think has the best signature style right now, current day okay. athletes. Yep. You got Sean White with his red mop top. Okay. James Harden of the Oklahoma City Thunder with this huge. He's got like that Moses beard. Um, you got George Paros, the Anaheim Ducks, with his mustache. Uh, you got Troy Polamalu of the Pittsburgh Steelers with his flowing locks. And then you have Brian Wilson, the closer for the San Francisco Giants, again with a with a beard, which is more than the Moses beard. It's like a beard with like the Lord of the Rings in his beard. It dyed jet black. Yeah, dyed jet black. Who do you think, who thinks got the the best signature style, like the signature uh, accoutrement, if you will? Man, it's gotta be like it, that's that's such an easy question. Anybody with any different of an answer. I mean, I don't know what they're uh, what they're thinking, but I'm going with Troy Polamalu for sure. That flow that he has coming out the back of the helmet, I mean, and he's so good. Like that's the thing, right? He's not. It's not just like he's got that style, and you know he's not performing on the field. He performs on the field, and he has that style. And I love his head and shoulders commercial <laughs> with the hair when it keeps growing. Like My, yeah. it's sick style, man. I, I love it. I love his hair, and I'd, I'd say out of the five guys, he'd probably have the best style for sure. Do you know that uh, his hair is insured by Head & Shoulders for $1 million? Yeah, I believe it. Oh, yeah, no, I that's, believe that's, it. I, I remember reading a press release like a year and a half ago. They insured his hair for a million bucks. Man, that's his, sig- that's his thing. That's his thing, man. I mean, what's like? that's the best part of watching the Steelers is when he jumps over the line of scrimmage and hammers someone, yes, and his yes. hair is just floating in the air like it's – it's just hilarious. I love it. It's like a cape. Yeah, man. It's sick. I love it. I love his style. So, not sure if you saw this over the weekend, PK, but a pic of Tyler Sagan caught fire on Twitter and the internet. Um, the original photo had a couple of college girls against the glass holding up a sign. So, the original sure. sign said, I wish I only got two minutes for hooking. And oh, someone creatively over the weekend photoshopped the sign to say, Tyler, number 19. We bleeped your bleep in high school. Do you remember us? Oh, boy. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Oh, but you it's know priceless. What? Like, guys, I've seen, there have been, uh, we, I've seen a couple signs like that this year. Uh, I've seen a couple like that in the Bell Center this year. It's, I mean, that's, it, it's, it's pretty fun. You get a good chuckle out of it. You know what I mean? But what did the signs I mean, say? What are the, what are they, what, the, what was on them? Uh, we'll, we'll bleep it out. Yeah, we'll bleep, bleep it out. It out. Well, no, it wasn't bad, but uh, one of them said, uh, uh, PK, no playoffs. Well, you can play with me. <laughs> that was one of them. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then there was, uh, hey, Subban, you want to puck around? <laughs> <laughs> nice play on words. Nice so, I mean, the, the fans probably want to know. So, you guys actually, you know, sometimes notice those signs. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I mean, uh, you know, you see a couple of those. I mean, over the years, you've seen highlights on TSN of, other players and other rings too. It's you get a good chuckle out of it when it happens. It's pretty funny. Yeah, like sometimes on the bench, you know, you're waiting for your shift or on a whistle or a TV timeout. You know, you you peruse the the stands. Uh, I mean, no. Usually during warm up, that's when you'll notice it. You know what I mean? Because uh, most of the people that have those signs, they come down to the glass at warm up, right? And they'll right. have them stuck up behind the net or whatever. So right, right, uh, right. it's pretty funny, but. Uh, 
you know, the guys in the dressing room when you go back, everybody seems to have a pretty good chuckle out of it. The, yeah, in, in this photo, like you see, Sagan is has a giant smile on his face after having oh, read, yeah. Yeah, having yeah. read the sign. So like it's 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 pretty obvious that he saw it and that he that he uh, got a good laugh out of it. I do like the puck around one though. That That's is, pretty yeah, creative. Subban, what is it, Subban? You want to puck around? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Subban, you want to puck around? <laughs> and uh, the other one was um, no playoffs. Don't worry, you can play with me. Or hey, were, like were they cute? Uh, you know what? To be honest with you, uh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> Montreal's got a Montreal's got a lot of good looking, uh, a lot of good looking women, but but they, these girls were from Ottawa. <laughs> I, I don't think they were from Montreal. <laughs> hey, so I don't know if you saw this, but um, uh, Will Ferrell was on Conan O'Brien last week. Okay. And um, he announced, he, so he came out in, as a Ron Burgundy. And okay. uh, he's with the band, and he came out playing the flute, uh, and it was just amazing. So he's, so he's, and he was full character, and he was just, and he was ripping on Conan, and he said, called Conan ugly, and amongst the things, and the funniest line he said was, go to your doctor's office, point at your face, and say, this is a page one rewrite. And then Conan is busting gut laughing. He's had a lot of great moments uh, with Conan O'Brien. The, uh, the, the previous time I saw him, he shaved, when Conan got his new show on TBS, he shaved Conan's beard, but before he shaved it, he took a swig of that. You know that like blue liquid. The barbicide. That, the barbicide. Yeah. yeah. They put. Yeah. Well, you you and I don't know because we we just get we just get a lineup. You get, yeah, you guys. Yeah, that's that. it. That's we it. Yeah. We just get a lineup. <laughs> we yeah. just get a lineup. And for, for maybe no, a fade. Maybe a fade yeah, every a, now and a fade, then. But... A fade in a lineup. But we're basically we don't have like. Okay. Well, believe me, it's called barbicide. Okay. <laughs> for when they comb the hair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We we believe you, Justin. <laughs> Justin is. Uh, Whereas VK, you and I have a similar complexion. Justin has the opposite complexion. So <laughs> he has a, a nice spiky head of spiky hair. So okay, so so he announces Anchorman Two is coming okay. out. Everybody, wow! Yeah, which is which is amazing. So was gonna you in in your I don't know if you can come up with this off the top of your head, but your top three Will Ferrell movies. Oh man, that is so hard, man. He's got so many. Anchorman's definitely in that three for sure. Um, I mean, he wasn't even in this movie a lot, but his part was amazing. Uh, Wedding Crashers. Chaz. Oh, Chaz. Yeah. Oh, Chaz. Man. Yeah. His part in that was yeah, real that... good. Um, obviously, Ricky, Ricky Bobby, I'd probably say uh, Talladega Nights yeah. has got to be in there. I... I, I Wow, I mean, uh, he's got a lot, man. No old school? You're not an old school fan? Old school is amazing, too, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Chug, 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 that's probably the best part. Right, Frank the, Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank, yeah. yeah it's, I, I'd probably say, okay, so let's go with Anchorman. Yeah. We'll go with uh, Talladega Nights, and then we'll go with old school. Those three, for sure. I think that's a pretty solid. Yeah, that's a solid, solid three. three. That's a solid. You, wait, you're about to say you, you still quote something from old school? Old school? Yeah, were you about to say that? Well, no. Remember what the party when he goes there and he's not supposed to drink or whatever, and then the people are telling him chug, chug, chug. Like after he starts drinking, next thing you know he's running down the street, yeah, naked, I, right? And his uh, his wife was I with her girlfriend. St- I still quote old school. Like old oh. school to me is in is like top five comedies of all time. I still quote. He's going to do one. I still <laughs> say that because it's, it's so good when it touches your yeah, lips. Yeah, so good it's when so it touches good. your lips. And then uh, the, other, the other one is I I still say a meal of food when he's calling his his yeah. wife. He's like, oh, I just want to know if you want to uh, go for a meal of food. Like I actually the first time I met my girl, I said that to her. I'm like, she's like, what? What? I'm like, you haven't seen old school? She's like, no. I'm like, and I was so disappointed. I'm like. This is not going to work out. Yeah, that's a bad no, yeah. no, no. But you got to you got to be nice and just introduce it to her slowly, and she might not even get the jokes right away. But you, you after about fifteen times of watching it, she'll end up liking it. I'm sure. So another another thing that uh, that just caught sort of the the Twitter sphere, um, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but I think I think it was an April Fool's joke. I okay. think I think it was an April Day April Fool's Day joke. But it was re- and it was really strong. So Mil- yeah. Milan Lucic's girlfriend and Corey Schneider's girlfriend got into well, it's kind of like a one-sided war of words. And okay. and Lucic's girlfriend was tweeting some of the f- the following to Corey Schneider's girlfriend. So the first one was, FYI, was at the game around, and around Vancouver. She was the only one with a problem. People were actually very kind. 
she only had a problem. The second one was Corey Schneider, control your broad because she's straight classless, rude, and acts like a cr trucker, hashtag Canucks, hashtag hater. And then the last one she wrote was, everyone in Boston, I would love you to know that Corey Schneider's girlfriend fingered me and told me to, told me off about my Bruins hat today. She's oh, from She's from Boston. So... It's just poor wording in that last tweet. Well, yeah, but I think... Like, I fingered think, me, like, should have said gave the finger. Right, well, okay, yeah, but you only have 140 characters. So you have to, <laughs> so you have to be creative in the way you word things. So, okay, oh, so my question to you is if you had a girl and she engaged in some kind of public Twitter beef with either another, like a, a, an opponent's girlfriend or an opponent's wife... Or something in the public. How would you handle that situation behind closed doors? Well, I, I just think that that can't happen. I mean, uh, it's your job, but it's at the end of the day, it's you know, un unfortunately, it's about the players. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, the wives and girlfriends are, are a big part of it, huge part of it, actually. But you know, for them to get involved with each other like that, I, I think that that's kind of unacceptable. You know what I mean? And like, uh, are you are you giving her like a strong talking to in the car? Like you know, you're either like you do that scream whisper, like you know, like the way that well, Ray, yeah, Ray Lewis talks, or well, you just like, like come it, on, Cabby. Like you know, I, I believe in like a situation like that. You just got to be the bigger person and kind of diffuse the problem any way possible. So whatever it is, just leave it alone, kind of thing. You know what I mean? So you it's don't not even, even address it. it. You don't even address it with your girl in the car. You have to address it. Oh yeah, you have to address it in the car with your with your girlfriend for sure. Because your because your boys are gonna let you know. Because she, oh, yeah, because man. she's probably not going to let you know, or maybe she she'll tell you, but she won't tell you the whole story until you <laughs> read it, and then your boys are texting you like you and you said what she fingered you like what? Yeah, that's not. Well, I mean, Tom Brady had the similar thing with Giselle. I mean, oh, she ran right. her mouth, and and everyone found out about it. Right. And do, I don't know if Tom I don't know if Tom set her straight. Uh, do, do you, so after I don't know if you remember this, but after the Super Bowl, oh, I saw. Yeah, I Gis saw. Giselle was getting into the elevator, and and some drunk fan was like. You know, uh, Giselle, Eli Manning owns your husband, and she's like, he can't throw the ball and catch the bleeping ball as well. You know, because yeah. she was just pissed. Obviously, Wes Welker dropped that huge pass. You know, uh, Gonzalez dropped a few passes in that fourth quarter. Um, so, okay, but so you're saying it's get it's getting addressed in the car and, and it's diffused. But why are you? But which which way are you going to handle it? Like, are you going Jedi mind trick? Like, I'm just going to wave my hand in front of you and, like, you didn't say those things. I didn't say those things. Or, or you just, or it's like, you are you blowing up? Well, I mean, at the end of, like, when you look at Giselle, I mean, first of all, like, you know, it is Giselle here who we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so. but it's also Tom Brady. It is Tom Brady, but it is Giselle too, right? So you can't be at bad. the end of the at the end of the day, like you know, let's be honest here. She's you know she's sticking up for her husband, but you know at the same token, you got to be careful because uh, you know those things kind of there they create things in the locker room too, you know, and you know you don't want that stuff to transfer to the field. And uh, they got a pretty good team, you know. Tom Brady is a good player, but the Patriots are, are a good team, and. Uh, you know, things like that can definitely interfere, and you don't want that to interfere with, with the team or what they're doing on the ice. And that's that's really what comes out of it. You know what I mean? Is as a player, you're 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 worried because you just don't want that stuff to translate into disruption of the team, right? Yeah. So I feel like you come in real soft and then you finish hard. It's like, <laughs> baby, I, I'm so happy you stuck up for me. I really, really appreciate it. And then you just drop the fist. We're like, you can't do that. Like, there's no way you can get caught saying that out loud. But you know what? I really I, appreciate I, it. I'd like to really know how Tom handled that. I would like to know. Me too. And, uh, you know, it would it would be interesting. But, you know, at the end of the day, he has Tom Brady. But more importantly, it is Giselle. So, you know. <laughs> so, wait, you give – so, like, in your mind, like, Giselle is, like, the great, like – see – She pulls so, Trump in that. So, yeah, so, so Giselle is more of a Trump card than Tom Brady, dude? Well, I mean – I mean, it's his wife, right? So I know, but you're right like, away, it's, you're, but you're like, I know it's you know Tom Brady, say? but this hey, is just a, right. hey, Cabby, Let's just leave it at this, right? Happy wife, happy life, man. Well, that's that's a, the way it works, right? That, Isn't that the way it works? That is Cabby? the one of the most truest proverbs ever. I don't know if it's in the Bible, but it should be. It should be. in you yeah, know Cor the Second Corinthians or <laughs> or in Deuteronomy or something like that. You know, so I mean, it would be interesting to hear how he handled it, but. You know, like I said, you just hope that that kind of situation doesn't disrupt the team, and and uh, you know they can they can start winning 
championships, but not before my Cowboys win at least three or four. Oh, man, you just take it easy with your Romo love, okay? So, All right. <laughs> but I think, I think that was an April's Fool, April Fool's Day joke, and if it was, it was very good because I tweeted it and then, like, got so many responses, and, I'm sh- and it was like some blog out of out of Vancouver, and I and I looked at their comments, and they were just filled with hatred. So, if it was indeed an April Fool's Day joke, it was very good. So, yeah. so oh, go ahead. So going back well, to uh, that would have been pretty funny to, uh, to look at, but yeah. I'm not too sure. I haven't heard too much about it. So, so going back to uh, to the Boston Bruins and the Montreal Canadiens, like, do you wear number seventy six because it's the number of penalty minutes your team registers every time you guys play each other? Uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, I actually, 76 was just the number given to me. I actually didn't really pick it. You know, six was my original number, and I guess we just decided to throw a seven in there, and uh, now I, I, I don't know if I can really change it. But um, you know what? Our, our games against uh, Boston, they've been heated, and uh, this year they it's toned down a lot. I mean, I, I, I think last year it was it was crazier, but they're a great team, and uh, we have a, we have a great rivalry, and uh, we're both teams that compete hard, and I mean, we took them to Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals last year. I mean, uh, you know, I, they're the team that went on to win the Stanley Cup. So, um, you know, it just shows you how close we were. And uh, but they're a great team, and uh, you know what? They like to win hockey games too, and so do we. But it's it's once we play each other, it usually gets pretty heated, man. I have to agree; it does get pretty testy out there. So speaking of the rivalry, like how many games did it take you to feel like, oh man, like this is this is a legit rivalry between us and the Bruins? Like two, like five? I'll, I'll tell you one. Last year, I remember they were up two nothing against us, and we ended up coming back, tying the game, and then winning it in overtime within like the last five minutes of the game. And I remember after the end of the game, that's when uh, there was like a little bit of scrums after the game, and. Uh, uh, from there, I knew because I remember we took over the East Division at that point, and I knew that uh, they were pegged to win the Cup. Like they were one of the favorites, and I knew that they knew that we were kind of one of the teams standing in the way. And we had their number kind of all year. We always played well against them, and uh, we won the season series against them. So I knew that it was going to be pretty heated, but it, it got pretty crazy even after that game. But that's when I knew. So, so sorry, you, so you guys, sorry, so you guys played them in the opening round. Of the yeah. of the playoffs last year. So wait, so it took, so it took until last year, so your second season to really feel like, oh, this is a rivalry. Well, because yeah, remember, last year was my first year. So for me, oh, I mean, yeah, right, of course. Before before that, maybe maybe there were some heated games, but I don't think it really kind of, it, it didn't really spread, you know, around the league and and across the hockey world, hockey nation, kind of thing of the Boston and Montreal rivalry, I think it kind of revived last year, you know, for whatever reason, it just caught fire again. And there was this huge buildup around our games. I mean, you'd be watching, you know, TSN, they'd be like, oh, it's a brawl for it all. Wednesday night, the Habs, the Bruins, back at it again. You know, P.K. Subban better keep his head up. He's going to get killed to watch the game. It's at 7.30. Like, you know what I mean? There'd be this huge buildup to it. And, I get text messages like two weeks before they get, hey, man, you ready for Boston? I'm like, what? I got, they're like, man, you ready for Boston, man, next week? I'm like, dude, I got like seven games before that game. Like, I got to get ready for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And there was this huge buzz around it, but it was great. It was great. It made the games enjoyable, and I'm sure it was enjoyable for the fans. So do those games now kind of have that hockey night in Canada buildup? Like, you get kind of butterflies and get pumped for them? Uh, you get pumped up for it. I mean, you know that uh, – you know, they're a team that uh, there's a lot of animosity between us. So you know that they're going to come out hard and you know that we're going to come out hard too. And it's always, it always feels good to beat them. So you know that the games are going to be heated. I don't know about nerves. I mean, uh, you know, we play them enough. So, you know, we know what we're, we're we, we know what to expect from them. So um, what we um, what we didn't expect from you last year was this really cool Nike campaign called Always On. And we didn't expect to see like the the Martin Scorsese like three minute like 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 mini documentary that was like shot at your house with your family and your brothers, and and it was it was a great commercial. I remember uh, uh, Socrates had the beat and and the rhymes yeah. uh, on your spot. 
And uh, so which one of your relatives has bugged you the most about being in the next commercial that they shoot? Uh, if they're going to shoot another one at your house with your family? I, I, I get enough heat from my sisters because they didn't get in the video. They were pretty, <laughs> they were pretty rattled about it. But um, you know what? Uh, not too many people. I mean, uh, a lot of people have been really supportive about it. A lot of my friends, obviously, they were in the video, and they are just, I think they still can't believe that they're in it. They, you know, they, they're in a Nike video, a Nike commercial, and, uh, you know, for me, it still is pretty surreal, you know. Uh, I'm only in my second year, and to be able to be a part of something like that in such a crazy company as Nike, and you look at all the great athletes that have uh, have been with that organization and with that company, it's, it's incredible, and, uh, you know, but... I'm sure I should be getting a couple phone calls pretty soon, you know, about summer videos that are being made, uh, if they can jump in for sure. I'm sure my cousins and nephews are all going to come out of the woodwork. <laughs> so wait, you have you have two sisters and two brothers? Yes, I have two older sisters, two younger brothers. Okay, so when so in like growing up, and your your parents are from where, PK? My dad's uh, from Jamaica, and my my mother's from Montserrat. Okay, so my pops is also from Jamaica. My mom's from uh, from Trinidad. Justin, okay. your parents? Uh, they're Canadian. They're, okay, yeah. they're both from Canada. They're boring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I just okay. So, so, yeah, I'm, so you're an idiot. No, <laughs> I am an idiot. You're right. So, oh, like, man. okay. So, in, growing up in the house, what kind of music was played? Oh man, you know what? Like, it's crazy. It was it was a mixture. We had a lot of uh, reggae music, but not like the reggae music, like the Beanie Man and that kind of stuff. Now, course, like, yeah. you know, for, for me, maybe I'll listen to that, but for my dad, it was like old school reggae. You know what I mean? Like stuff, if you were on the, if you took a vacation to Jamaica, stuff that you would hear on the resort. Right, yeah. Barris Hammond. Barris Hammond. Barris Hammond. Bob Marley. Yeah, Bob Marley. Yeah, Bob that, Marley yeah, Peter that's Tosh. Right. Yeah, all them dudes. Greg, Gregory Isaac. Gregory you know, that type of music. <laughs> and, exactly. And my dad, uh, that was the type of music that he listened to. But my mother, on the other hand, she enjoyed listening to that. But my mom loved the Calypso, the soca music, you know. So we, we would get a good mixture of that. And obviously, obviously, Cabby, I know you know about Caravana in Toronto. And 100%. leading up to that, leading up to that in August, you know, we hear a lot of soca and Calypso in the house from my mom. So Of course. That, yeah, those, those were the... the the music that was the music that was heard pretty much in our house. So, so Paul, I just heard this interview with Paul McCartney, and he's he just released this new album where he's playing songs from his dad's era. So, like, kind of like swinging jazz and that kind of Chicago, like that kind of yeah, that kind of stuff. So, like, my dad, you know, the thing about my pops is when when we were younger. My dad used to make mixtapes every Saturday. Like, he would, like, and I'm talking about on a cassette. Like, this is before your time, because, PK, what are you, like, 21 years old? I'm 22, yeah. 20, so you have never even seen a cassette before. Like, you, you grew up in the CD, <laughs> you grew up in the CD era. So there's, there's Papa Richards every Saturday, you know, writing down the song titles in, like, the small, <laughs> that small space on the Maxell cassettes, like, in his felt-tip pen. And, like, and, so, and, and, like, and every, every... Almost every and he put the date like August twenty eighth, nineteen eighty six. Like it would be like Billy Ocean, and then it would be like Bob Marley, and then and then he'd throw in a random like Stevie Winwood, Higher Love. Like my dad had David Bowie, Let's Dance. Like very you know collecting music taste, and like and my pops used to be when he was when he was going to uh, University of Toronto. My dad used to be a DJ. And he used to wow. throw parties around the city. And I was like, well, Dad, like, how did you advertise these parties, like, in the 70s? He's like, well, just word of mouth. And then we used to write on these little cards, and, like, we'd give them to the girls around campus and stuff. But it was mostly, like, word of mouth. I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I was like, so how, like, so what would you spend, Dad? And, and my pops had this huge record collection, and he would put, like, his name was The Soul Defender. So like yeah, so, and he would write it on the inside label of the of the forty five oh like God. in a shirt. So like so my dad from time like from a long time ago was like the DJ like in the seventies like playing like Commodores and Marvin Gaye like my dad was just shutting down the room like at a certain, <laughs> like at a certain point like pot like the, you know my dad's probably just you know 
pressed up against uh, like you know in, in the corner, just like holding. You know those like bashments. You know those like those, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, there's, and there's like no light. There's like one light by the DJ, and that's the only light <laughs> on in in the room. And, uh, and he set, he sets the tone. He sets the tone yeah, and the mood. Yeah, and and he had a, a partner. One of his buddies is called uh, Detroit Disco. So. He used to play the funk and the up-tempo stuff, and then my dad would just slow it down and just like, and that's when you're just going to like meet women or whatever. So, so like that was that was my musical experience, same as you growing up in the house with reggae from my pops. My mom was into her Whitney Houston and Anita yeah, Baker. Yeah, that, that too. Yeah, and you See, know, my sisters, my sisters are into that stuff like Whitney Houston, Tony Braxton, right. Brandy, yeah. Monica, TLC, yeah. like all of that stuff. Zanay, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah, Mary all J. Blige. Yeah, Mary J. Blige. Yeah, exactly. So that's what they like to listen to. But uh, me, on the other hand, like I'm in everything now, man. Like I, I, I played junior hockey in Belleville. I, for four years, I was listening to country music. Oh you know? my god! So, really? Wow, that's yeah, just... man. So I listen to country. I listen. I listen to everything, man. Wow, you know I, what I, I mean? Don't, I don't even know any country. Like, is Taylor Swift? Oh like, man! Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big. I'm a big. Wait, wait, Kenny stop Chesney. right there! Oh boy, you uh, new, said new it. country is good though, Cap. You, you got to give new country a try. You, P- PK, you just said you like. You're a big Kenny Chesney fan. Yeah, man. I like Kenny Chesney, Toby Keith. Uh, I listen to their stuff for sure, man. Have you seen Toby in concert? No, I've never been to a country. He puts concert, on a good though. show. He's just a badass. I'm what? a little scared. I'm a little scared to go to a country concert. I'm not too sure. <laughs> I'm not too sure how I would, you know, kind of fare there. But I know that Darius Rucker. One of, that's one of my yeah. boys too. I listen to him. He's well, pretty back with good. Hootie too. I mean, I was yep. a huge Hootie and the Blowfish fan. Yeah, yeah. I always, I always joke around with Pricey about me and him going to a country concert one of these days, maybe. I say if they come, if someone comes to the amphitheater this summer, the three of us should go to a country show. <laughs> Why not? Man? We'll dress Cavi up with a hat and the boots. Hey, PK, you know what we should do this summer is What's you, that? Uh, you, Carrie, and myself. You know, Carrie, Carrie does like, like he ropes like calves and stuff in this, like. Carrie ropes me, man. He's what do you got mean? That, he's, he's got the lasso in the room sometimes, and he's always he's always tying he's always tying guys up and catching them. I went over to his house. I remember one time, and I, I'm walking up the driveway. Next thing you know, there's a lasso wrapped around my leg. Yeah, man, he's amazing with that thing, though, man. He's really, really good at it. So he's got like in his garage. He's got one of these little. Uh, it's like a little horse thing that, like, when you turn it on, it like the legs move up and down and it kind of bounces, and you practice on it. And he's amazing, man. Like, he's really, really good at it. So wait, wait yeah, a second, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> Carrie Price has a friggin' lasso in the room. Yeah, no, well, he did, he did. But he's, <laughs> he didn't bring, I told him, I said he had it once in training camp, and I remember I told him, I said, get rid of that thing. I don't want, I don't want you lassoing anybody in the damn room. He's like, you know, you don't. Price. He's always wearing his cowboy hat and his boots. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. love it, man. I love it because it's rare that you see someone like that so passionate about where they come from and who they are. You know what I mean? So, but he's amazing, man. Like that guy. I, I've actually seen video of him when he's uh, riding horses and stuff like that. It's pretty cool, dude. We should go learn this summer. I know his mom. His mom lives in Alberta, and I know, yeah, and he wants me to come out there, man. I, I'm gonna, I might have to, man. But you know them, like out there, they like he, that's totally different. Like for me, he lives out in, uh, he lives out on uh, what's it called there? Oh man, what's what, it called? In Edmonton or in uh, in Alberta? Anaheim Lake, there. That's where he lives, and. That compared to like, remember, I, living out in Toronto, man. I'm I'm a city guy. Me too. You know what I mean? Like, through and through. It, it's a huge change going out there. So when I hear about like some of the things that he talks about, like you know, going out and hunting and doing all that stuff, it's it'd be it'd be cool experience to go out there and do that. Yeah, I'd I'd want to hunt with like. Like a PlayStation joystick. We, like I, I, I want all the power ups. Like duck hunt. Yeah, I don't. Like duck. <laughs> We'd be bored in about two hours out there. Oh, I, if 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 my cell phone had no signal, I'd be yeah. like, I get me out of here. I'm, well, I'm, that's I'm, the thing, man. Like out there, I'm sure you don't get any any service. But you know, if I went out there, I, I probably wouldn't want to be calling anybody. You know, I just take it in and enjoy it for a few days. That's a that that's fair. Okay, so you you have two younger brothers, and I was just uh, I have two younger brothers as well. Yeah. And, and when so when you were younger and you're play fighting, I don't know if you ever did this. Do you ever have like the two mattresses in the basement and it was like your de facto like WWF ring? Did you guys? Ever oh do- man, I think everybody used to do that. But I mean, there there were a couple incidences of some kids kind of having some pretty uh, 
horrific accidents and uh <laughs> i think we kind of just had to tone it down a little bit like we my favorite wrestler was the rock you know rock and stone cold but the rock was the best just for the smack that he would talk before he would fight you know what <laughs> so i mean wait, so when you guys would play when you guys were play fighting wrestling you were always the rock right Man, I, I, I like that WWF, WWE stuff translated to my everyday life. Like, <laughs> I would be at like the gas station. I'd be pumping the gas. I go inside. I'd be like, "How much is the gas?" And before he could say, I'd be like, "It doesn't matter how much the gas is." And then I would just give him my car. Like, you know what I mean? And then he wouldn't even know what I'm doing. But my friends, we just get a kick out of it. You know what I mean? So that was like one of the most fun parts of like my childhood, just being like you know, like those wrestlers and trying to, like, imitate them and stuff. And it was always, like, nobody wanted to lose. Like, obviously, it was fake and stuff and, like, you're, yeah. you're, you're play fighting, but nobody wanted to get pinned. You'd end up fighting no. for, like, an hour until you're, like, too tired and then finally someone relented, like, okay, I'll get pinned this time. Or it's, like, your youngest brother and he's, like, six years younger than you, so you could, you could like, pin him and, like, throw him out of the ring. But, like, that was the thing. It, you know, and it got, you know, you're jumping around, someone hits a beam here, someone, you know friggin' runs into the the exposed cement he, there like a you know a knot on the head you said there were some pretty horrific accidents what happened well i remember there were some incidences where a kid actually uh he pile drive the kid and i'm not too sure what the result what? was but i'm pretty <laughs> sure that he died yeah what? i'm pretty sure the kid died yeah i'm, I'm pretty serious what do you yeah, mean? Man, wait, man. wait wait but in your house no not in my house i mean in general like i heard it on the news like oh. a, a long time ago so that's why in the house we didn't we weren't allowed to like wrestle and do all those moves and stuff like that like you know what i mean in our house yeah like all my brothers i give them a smack in the head you know it wouldn't even be a wrestling mood i just did it because i enjoyed it you know what i mean but <laughs> i'm not pile driving anybody on my couch you know what i mean you know what i'm saying so. <laughs> i think i think i think i got pile driving once in my cousin's house my cousin dean and then i then I also then then Dean I threw Dean into the lamp and the lamp broke and we all we all got licks. Remember, oh, I'm, I'm sure you got your fair share of licks, but oh man, everybody. But I remember Malcolm and Jordan. You know they've been stunned a few times. I gave them the Stone Cold Stunner a couple times. <laughs> you know, and then we'd use we'd use the pillows on the couch as chairs. Yes. You know, so we got he got a couple pillows over the head, and then <laughs> you know we do we do the you remember the hardcore matches where they get the garbage pails. Yes, and yes. Everything I'd be throwing them into the fridge. Opening fridge doors, closing it on that's his exactly head. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, we we do we do that, but I, I wouldn't be pile driving anybody. I think as far as I would go, I'd give him the rock bottom, rock bottom <laughs> for sure. Safe move, still stung a bit. It was enough to get the one, two, three count. <laughs> for those for those listening that don't know what licks are, that's what people from the Caribbean called yeah getting beat, like getting <laughs> getting disciplined. Whether it's you're getting a belt to the legs oh, or the slipper. Or you're, it's the belt and the slipper. Like, the belt across the legs of the back was just the absolute worst. <laughs> we, got, we got wooden spoons in my wooden, house. Okay, see, wooden we, spoons. It, see, for us, it just... Soap. See, we got it was just more violent in uh, our homes. The, well, so, I mean, <laughs> don't don't knock soap. I mean, come on, when you're soap? blowing bubbles, soap doesn't. Come on, Justin. Come on. Have you, you ever even... got a bar of soap put in your mouth? No. For like swearing at your mom when you're like nine years but old. But listen, Justin, you don't know the fear. And PK, maybe you could speak to this. You don't know the fear involved in hearing. The, the hangers in the closet rustling <laughs> as your mom is removing a belt from a hanger to I've come down. I've the belt before. <laughs> did, you, did you have that, PK? What's that, the belt? The belt, like in hearing the rustling of the hangers, knowing your oh. mom and your pops is let me Let me tell you something, Chabby. <laughs> you know what got me listening when I didn't listen? Was just the look. You ever get oh, the look? Yeah. Yes, yeah. You yeah. know what the worst one would be? Because me as a kid, you know, I would always be that kid. Like I was very, I was all, I was out there. You know what I mean? I always like to be the center of attention. Always that kid. And I always remember, I learned very quickly. My dad was having a conversation, and in my house, when two grown people are talking, you need to be polite and you need to say, "Excuse me, Mr. Subban," or "Excuse me, Mr. Richards." Um, can I get a drink from the fridge? But that's not what PK did. PK went in there, hey, Dad, this and that. And I remember the look that he gave me. I never did it again. And right. that's all I needed. It was just a look, man. And, you know, Big Carl, he's got that effect. You know, he's a big man. He's a nice guy. But he, once he gives you that look, you know exactly what that <laughs> means. So you straighten up real quick. 
Yeah, I, I, I've seen that many, many times. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I try that on the ice, but it doesn't really work. You know, and the <laughs> guys seem to call my bluff. I give them the look, and they're like, uh, what's this guy doing? <laughs> so kind of to bring it back into music and, and uh, you know, Twitter and pop culture, one of your early tweets, I know you're you're an avid tweeter and you're on Twitter, uh, one of your early tweets was a shout-out to Fat Man Scoop, legendary yes. DJ, hype man in NYC. Uh, what's the story there? Like, what's the relationship? You know what? I was at a concert uh, earlier last year, and I had the opportunity to meet him. I met him uh, uh, backstage. He's he's a really really nice guy, um, and we you know what? His uh, the owner of his record label loves hockey. Boston Bruins fan, unfortunately, <laughs> but he loves <laughs> nobody's hockey, perfect. His son was a fan of mine, so I, I uh, we haven't had an opportunity to meet up, but I, I got his contact. We've been in touch ever since, and. Uh, you know, he's always seems to send me a text message like he's seen me on the highlights or he says, keep doing your thing and stuff like that. And whenever I go to New York, uh, uh, we meet up. So he's, he's a great he's a great guy. And, uh, yeah, I was able to, uh, you know, create a relationship with him. And uh, it was a pretty cool concert, too. Nice, sure, yeah. I, mean, I just on. met him in Vegas, too. So the only thing I really, he was just, he's sweaty. Like, when he gets going, like, he's <laughs> oh, a sweaty man, man. man. Yeah, yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, yeah and he gives sure, it his man. all. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like to we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll get you out of here on this uh, to steal that from uh, Tony Kornheiser. Um, I I like to ask this. I've asked this twice already on the podcast, and I want to ask the same question to you. I've asked this to uh, uh, Joffrey Lupul, and I asked this to Mike Richards. Yeah. Um, by virtue of being a professional athlete, who's the most, who's the biggest celebrity that you've met in your time? Wow. Um, biggest celebrity I've met. It could be an wow. athlete, it could be an entertainer, or a singer, or a beautiful actress. Oh, wow. You know what? I, I'd probably have to say, well, I've met Vivica A. Fox. Ooh, That's, she, you know, but she was hot. Yeah. That was nice. But I, I've met also, I, I'd probably say a big, a big, big one would be uh, Lance Armstrong. Oh, I, uh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I actually met him uh, earlier this year. He was in uh, Montreal for one of his conferences. He was speaking to a, a group of people about, obviously, his company and what they do and Livestrong. And I had the privilege and honor to be also a part of the team, you know, with Lance. So I'm, I'm on the team of Livestrong. And that happened shortly after I met him. But um, it was amazing. It was I got to sit uh, backstage with him for 20, 25 minutes, just he and I just talking about absolutely nothing. And oh, really? Was, uh, yeah, just nothing, man. Like, just two dudes, what two dudes would talk about. You know, he's like, Montreal, how's the city? I, I heard the women are very nice. That seems to be the first thing that everybody always says. Oh, I heard the girls are nice in Montreal. They're really pretty. And, you know, he, he, was, just a, he was just a really, really nice guy. Just a class act. And, um, you know, we spoke about the next time he comes to Montreal, he's going to come uh, to a Habs game and he follows me on Twitter, which is incredible. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten the chirp of how much did I pay him to get him to follow me on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> the truth is I didn't pay him anything. He did it on his own and I had to beg him to do it. I asked him about five, six, seven times before he decided to. But the fact of the matter is he follows me on Twitter. So for anybody that hates that, they can... Uh, you know, they can, they know where to go. But anyway, so like I was saying, we <laughs> sat backstage and we spoke for 20, 25 minutes and uh, spoke about his career. And um, it was, it was amazing. It was a great experience. So wait, so if he does, or when he does return to Montreal to see a Habs game, what kind of welcoming committee will you be bringing the seven time French open or uh, the um, Tour, de, Tour France. de France champion? Well, man, I don't know. I mean, there, you know what? Hang on, hang on. There'd be very little that Lance hasn't seen yet. I mean, the guy's he's toured the France, he's toured the whole friggin' world. You know what I mean? Okay, so, okay. I mean, what am I going to show him? You know, Montreal's a great city, and I think I could find something though. I think I could find something for him to do, but it would definitely have to start with a Habs game. You know, a big win at the Bell Center and get them into that experience and then take them out to dinner. And I'm not going to say which restaurant it is, you know, just so that, just so that, just so that a million people don't show up when I take them there. Right, right. Okay, well, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure with your visibility living under that magnifying glass, people will find you in. And, you know, just because you are a Canadian and we are hospitable people, 
you will bring along a very nice welcoming committee. For sure. 100%. As you should. Hey, PK, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. Those are great stories. Uh, and uh, and I'm sure people at, uh, who are listening uh, at the gym or in their car or on the train on the way to work or wherever uh, appreciate uh, everything you had to say about Montreal and, and the Bruins and, and the Rock. And hopefully we'll get, maybe we'll get this to the Rock to, uh, so he can listen and be like, all right, another fan, I appreciate that. That would be sick. But you know what the huge thing is? I was watching TSM the other day. And I saw that piece with, like, Kobe and Mike Richards. And you know Kobe's, like, my idol, right? You know Kobe's, like, 100%. Between Kobe and Tiger Woods, those are the two athletes that I want to meet in my lifetime, for okay. sure. Oh, okay, okay. And all I'm saying is, you know, maybe, I don't know if you can squeeze me into there when you do the part two, because it looks <laughs> like there's going to be a part two to that. I don't know, like, hey... I just want to be that guy. Like, maybe you can just pretend, like, you know, when you're in his dressing room or wherever you're doing it, like, maybe I'll just walk by randomly and you can just like, oh, PK, Kobe. this is my boy, PK. I'm going to be like, oh, Kobe, oh, my God. You know, okay. maybe we can do something like that. I don't know, man, well, but there, we'll there, talk about that. Okay, there, there, is, there is a part two in the works, but it okay. depends on a couple of things. So okay. if, if these things line up, then maybe we can, maybe we can do something pretty cool. Yeah, okay. All right, man. That sounds good. But just think about your boy, man. Stop thinking about yourself for once. Just think about me for once, right? I know. Think about me happy. You know you're my dude. You know you're my uh, and, and thanks again, PK. I really appreciate that, man. No problem, man. My dude, always, I, I, can't, I can't imagine what it's like playing in the fishbowl since everybody's watching, everybody's waiting, and everybody's just anticipating the next move. Uh, it'd be tough to handle that situation. But P.K. Subban does it very well. He's always kept his nose clean, never gets in trouble, and lives his life regardless. So I got some love for that dude. And and uh, thank you for the uh, the stories. I like the rock impression. Very cool guy, though. I mean, you only really see what the media paints about him. And, I mean, he was very cool. Yeah. And I... and I, I He gets a bad, he gets a bad rap, I yeah, think. I, I want to be a part of his... I want to see the welcoming committee... Yes. ...with Lance Armstrong as much as he wants me to introduce him to Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And I'm just going to be in the back kind of just trying to be like, Hey, Cav, don't forget Today, me. Well, you're the ninth wonder. You'll be there regardless. I mean, we have we do have a trip to... London, England, uh, uh, scheduled in a few months. So coming up this week on Cappy Presents, I have a bit about athletes on the game of golf. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I was on the, I was, I went to Michael Jordan's celebrity golf tournament in Las Vegas, and I met Michael Jordan for the second time in my career. Uh, and you'll see that this Friday on Sports Center. And uh, a big shout out, big thank you to my co-host Justin Mulligan for adding his lively flavor to the conversation. You can read his thoughts on Twitter at Justin underscore Mulligan. That's M-U-L-L-I-G-A-N at underscore Justin Mulligan. And a huge thank you to P.K. Subban for sharing stories about his family, uh, Fat Man Scoop, Lance Armstrong, a bunch of and a bunch of stuff surrounding playing in Montreal. And you can read and follow his thoughts on Twitter at P.K. Subban 1. No underscores. One word. All day. Just me. On Twitter. By myself. <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought that up. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Kevin Hart. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Cabby, and I'm gone. Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast.